Arali is a cream of the crop, always have been. I love the platform. It makes you so confident. I was astonished to find out that all the books were on there, <laughs> that there were live events, there were instructors, and that there were sandboxes so you could play around with the technology as well. I would encourage anybody to get on Rally because you could take baby steps. You cannot know anything and get on O'Reilly. Visit O'Reilly.com to request a free demo for your team. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. The numbers to get in, get in early so we can get to your call and you're not... Don't have to answer them off the air for you. We want to get to your questions. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge, where we do brakes right the first time. We're on Dodge. Stop in, see us. We'll uh, help you fix your car. Get it going. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me, as always, is Kyle. We're here. We're here. We're here answering questions. So uh, it's going to be a nice day today. A nice nice weekend, you know, in between activities. You can get out there. Easter egg hunt, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Don't hide the eggs in your car. No. Yeah, this is going back to the smell category from last week. <laughs> Don't well, hide the eggs around the car. Well, once you hard boil them, do, do you, would you just paint raw eggs? <laughs> Boy, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it, though? Just paint the raw eggs, and that way they put them in the basket, they go, Psh! Gives me a great idea. Okay. I'm gonna run You're welcome. This. Yeah. I'm going to run with this. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, you know, it's it, it's a good time. Like I say, we always say it's it's a good time to get that project out. Spring's coming. They're getting fever as far as getting that car project going. Car shows are starting up. I saw one last week. Now, did you? Yeah. All those projects that you've been kind of piddling at all uh, all winter long in the in the garage. You know, now you're kind of finishing them up, getting ready to get that car out, or you're only halfway through because you haven't been doing nothing. One of the two. Just didn't yeah, want to. I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. There's certain things, you know, and certain things you can't get. You know, I was getting a couple parts for my classic car, and one came immediately. And uh, the other one had to wait uh, for the for the boat from China, I think. Yeah. And uh, Back-ordered it on me. Yeah, it's back-ordered. Yeah, I guess you're just filling the orders as necessary. Maybe they're not keeping as much on hand as they used to. Yeah. I don't know. They've not all been a, built. I mean, even when you look in the grand scheme of things, I mean— not a lot of classic car parts probably get ordered. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a fair amount, but how much inventory do you need to stock? You know, and I, you know, around the country, or I suppose it's around the world anymore. You know, everybody likes the everybody likes the cars. I mean, can you imagine it souping up a '74 or '84 Citroen? I can't. Yeah, nobody know. Most people don't know what that is. But yeah. Anyway, I'm you sure can't. it'll come in the bay it, one of these days. But if you got, if you got a Pontiac, I hope it doesn't. I do not want to see one of those. But if you got a uh, GTO, by gosh, everybody wants those worldwide. They want those. Yeah. But 
nobody uh, in this part of the country wants a Citroen unless you're on the East Coast and work on them for some reason. And I don't know why you would or want Do they to. Even want them? I've seen a couple of them. I don't know. I think they were. Uh, they were. It seemed to me like they were maybe a little. They were five drinks in when they designed that car. I'm that sure day. that there's a group around there. I mean, we see Triumphs and MG. There's a lot of MGs in Omaha. I don't know what the attraction to MGs are. I can't fit in them good. No. Uh, I don't like driving no. them. They're uncomfortable. You, you, you got to be five, uh, you know, under five, five nine, five, and two, under. five, two, roughly around those. I do see a, I see a Triumph, uh, a silver Triumph TR7 that drives around mm-hmm. the, the Dundee area neighborhood quite often, even in the wintertime. It must be his daily driver. Yeah. And those things uh, are long gone. They've been long gone for quite a while. Isn't that something? Looks like a pretty nice car, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to head over to the, to the phone calls. We're going to John. John's got a car tech question. John, go ahead. Yeah, um, I. You guys were talking to a gentleman on the um, about a, about a Corvette last weekend. The guy was going to put a cam in it and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you recall that. Yep. Um, you said you mentioned something about a place called One Fifty Computer. Mm-hmm. I can't seem to find it on my cell phone on the internet. I was wondering if you could get me the phone number for that, please. Hmm. I don't have it with me right in front of me. Um, yeah, it was 150 Tunes. 150 Tunes is what it's called? Yeah. Oh, 150 Tunes. Yeah. Okay, um, let me try it again, sir. Um, it was 150 Tunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're out of okay, Ohio. I'll... Ohio. Okay. Um, I'll try it again. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Yep. Yeah, get those computers programmed. Yeah, and then and what'll they do for you, Kyle? Well, they reprogram computers. You got your factory GM computers. They break into them. They can add what you want. They can take out what you want. They can send you back a fully programmable computer where you can plug your laptop into it with a breakout box and essentially write your own program. So if you're building a rock crawler with an LS motor, you mm-hmm. want certain things in there, and you could care less about the uh, yeah the mirrors or the uh, the airbags and stuff yeah. like that because it doesn't have EVAP anything. emissions, all Eve- that stuff, throttle delay. You know, you can change your fuel trim if you want, your injector pulse width. Chevrolet is really good for that in order to be able to do the uh, the aftermarket conversions to take their motor transmission and whatever. Oh, it's great. And that's why everybody has an LS in their in their car, even the Ford and uh, Chrysler people, if you it's look underneath easy. the hood. You go to a car show and... You look on their website, they'll give you all the wiring diagrams to make your own harness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's very adaptable, and you can even run a, an instrument cluster that has a check engine light, and if once you sure. delete all that stuff, then you know if the check engine light comes on, you what problem you may have versus it. Oh, sure. Yeah, it, by oh, the time you're done, you can plug in your scan yeah. tool to it just like a modern vehicle. Yeah, and instead of the the check engine light being on all the time for everything that's not plugged in. so And, you know, what started that, the small block Chevy conversion deal? Mm-hmm. I mean, all the Ford guys do it. <laughs> you know, now the Dodge guys are doing it. Ford is kind of starting to get into that in the last few years as far as making those programs because you do see a lot of, uh, you know, Coyote engines now and other Ford products, but uh, without having to. I mean, you saw a couple guys, you know, back in the 90s put a 5.0 and everything, and, you know, that was cool. But, I mean, what started this whole small block Chevy conversion thing? We're going to have to go back to the 1960s. Well, you know, I I think you have all these garage guys that are – you know, the engineers can only think of so much on the aftermarket, but you 
give it to all these people in the garage. They come up with such wild ideas, and then they show it off and go, ah, boy, I didn't think of that. I mean, it had to be. I mean, I'm just picturing, you know, going back in a time machine, and here's some guy in a garage. Well, the motor blew up in that. All I got Chevy engine, so (laughs) we're going to make this work. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it fits good. Yeah, let's roll with this. Yeah, that's part of the fun is making it work. Can't be Ford tough without Chevy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We're beating them up pretty bad today, Kyle. (laughs) All right, we're going to head over to Gary. Gary's got a 2010 Chevy HHR. Gary, what's going on? Well, I I bought uh, this HHR in January. I like the car. I didn't notice when I bought it, but the cruise control does not work. Uh, can that be diagnosed when they when they do their electronic diagnosis? Would, would, is that something that would show up to show the cause? Possibly. Yeah, you mean electrical diagnosis? Did you have something? You got to specifically look into that. So, um, if you're talking about <clears throat> hooking something up and just saying, does that show up for a code to show up? And eh, sometimes it will, but you got to look into. It. I mean, you got a cruise control unit. You've got brake light switch, brake light switch, uh, some fuses, and that's, that's probably what a 2010. That's probably drive by wire, I'd imagine. Wire. So you basically it's got brake light it's switch. A two, it's a 2010. Ten, yeah. So you got the okay. switches on the on the steering wheel or on the dash. You've got the brake light switch, okay. and you got the control unit. Now are you? It's gonna... on the steering wheel. Yeah. And the the little light comes on, but is it? It's the, for whatever reason, it does not engage, does not work. Are there any other lights on, ABS, traction control, check engine light, anything like that? No, sir. No lights at all. Okay, so we yeah. can rule out a code clearing that out. Okay, so, You yeah. know, some, sometimes on a vehicle, you you turn on the uh, cruise control, and then on your dash, it'll have a little indication. Mm-hmm. It'll say... Mine does not do that. I mean, so. So, so what we would do if it came to our garage is we would hook a scanner up to it. Um, we can get into it. We can actually press the buttons on the dash, and then we can activate them and see if they're being activated on our scanner. So we can say okay. yes, yes, those buttons work. No, those buttons don't. And that all has to travel down to the. It, it travels from the buttons down the the clock spring and down to there, mm-hmm. down to the to the base part of the computer. So if it's working and we can see it we know the clock spring and a lot of the wiring is okay then we will okay then we will look for codes for brake light switch because just because okay. your brake light yeah. your brakes light works in the in the back of the car doesn't yes, mean, sir. doesn't mean the switch is always good and that, there's two or three okay. parts to that switch yeah there's like a i'd probably say six pin switch to that which means there's various things that's going on it could be as easy as a brake light switch yeah, and then we would kind of, uh, in, yeah. in process of elimination, we just kind of go down the line and and head towards right. check for powers and grounds on the uh, the main unit, and that's how we kind of uh, get down to it. On the back of the car, right above the window, on, on the back of the car, is there a little light, a brake light, or something? Yep, should Cause be. When I because when, when I bought the car, there was no light there, just a little, a little tiny hole. Okay. Yeah, somebody's Is taking it out for whatever reason. I've never, I've never, yeah, somebody's taking it out. Is what Kyle was saying. I've never seen that light missing, not being. No, it, that's not going to cause. Yeah, it. it's not part. It's not a. It's not a part of the circuit. It's not wired in. In. Uh, yeah, that won't affect your cruise control. No, no. Well, so so that tiny little little light, or in my case, the hole, would not be associated with the cruise control. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'll take it in somewhere, have it scanned, and and proceed from there, gentlemen. 
and you've been very helpful. Thank you. You, you bet. Appreciate it, Gary. Appreciate the call. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a second. Hello. I'm Sarah McLaughlin's brother. Did you know that every 30 minutes, a mechanic goes without an oil change? Mechanics all over the world are starving to simply replace some intake manifold gaskets or replace ignition coils and engine coolant temperature sensors. In fact, one out of every 10 mechanics will go a full day without out replacing an exhaust gas recirculation valve. But now you can help. For just 75 cents a day, you can sponsor your own mechanic. Your donation will help complete a mechanic's life by giving him the basic needs of replacing mass airflow sensors and maybe even a catalytic converter. And in return for your contribution, we'll send you a picture of your mechanic replacing an oxygen sensor for the very first time. Forget about homeless puppies and starving children. The real need is to fulfill a mechanic's workday so that he doesn't get too bored just sitting around in a dirty garage. Thank you. The Mr. Mechanic Show is powered by Buchanan Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to head back into the calls and go over to uh, Denise. Denise got an 05 Toyota pickup. 85. 85, I'm sorry. Denise? Yeah, it's a 1995, sorry, 1985 yeah. Toyota pickup, and the carburetor is, uh, it, I don't know, it's blowing black smoke out of the mm -hmm. pipe. So where can we get that carburetor? Do you know any anyone in Omaha that would rebuild that carburetor or sell one? For That's going to be like a Solex carburetor or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it probably is. Uh, they were not an easy nor a fun one to rebuild. No, no. And I'll, and I'll tell called, you what. Go, go I ahead. got a quote from Florida or from Georgia for $600, $700. And I'm like, what? And I don't even, you know. To overhaul, especially to overhaul mm -hmm. it, or um, to to get. He's already done it. He said he'll send it to us. Got a year guarantee. Okay, is his, is that the doctor carburetors guy on the internet? Uh, he's their carburetor specialist. Is who okay. they are. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them left. There's doctor carburetors. I've dealt with him before. He's always a good guy, but they're going to be tough to find. Yeah, they yeah, are. They I've are. been looking. Now, if the black smoke that blows out, is that going to, you know, my, it's, I'm calling for my son. He's mm -hmm. deaf, and I'm telling him he can't hear a lot of the problems. Sure. <laughs> so I'm saying, I don't know if you should drive that if black smoke is blowing out, but he's still driving it to work. Is that going to harm it? Well, it's running really rich. Yeah, yeah, running yeah, real running rich. rich. Yeah, so it's going to fill the uh, the oil. So just change oil a little more often than you normally would because it's going to fill a lot of gas in the oil, and, and okay. it's going to foul plugs out, but those mm -hmm. are two easy things to do. Um, d does it run now, Does it run good otherwise, or is it just black smoke is oh, our problem? Yeah, it, it, it runs good, and there's no rust in the truck. It was actually out of Texas. Mm -hmm. Well, here's so my— trying to hang on to Here's my opinion. We'll see if Kyle agrees. Is I six hundred bucks is a cheap way out? Yeah, yeah, for that. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they they were 
believe it or not, the Asian carburetors were a good carburetor, but they were very mm-hmm. intricate in what they were and to take them apart and put them back together. The passages inside these carburetors are so small. You're talking a millimeter to a millimeter and a half. Yeah, right. and then they get plugged up with just a piece of carbon or junk or dirt or something. That's a, You won't ever get it out. No, you won't get it out, and you won't either A, flow fl- uh, fuel to where you need to, or B, you won't have the air bleed that you need and that causes that. So I if see. he's guaranteeing it for a year, I would get this project all lined up so that the second you get it, you get it on and yeah. get it checked out. Don't wait three months to say, oh, I'm going to get over to that project one of these days. No, oh, no. get it on, get it done. So, yeah, so you know where you're at, so you get you, you maximize your warranty on that. That's, yeah. That's going to be the easiest thing to do. I mean, I'm sure that there's somebody out there that makes an adapter. You can either put fuel injection or a Weber carburetor on there, but then you're modifying quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and the, and the guys like us are getting fewer and far between that know how to overhaul those carburetors. It just we've been through it enough times that um, they just don't turn out right. They just they turn out right for mm. a while. You slam the hood, drive it around the block, and something's changed. And it's mm. just it's it's it's. It's yeah, a chore I, to make them reliable after you've yeah. been in there and taken so much apart. And but Toyota's done one of the best. I mean, really, Toyota and Nissan back in that day um, yeah. really had really had good carburetors. Um, everything beyond that, the Americans they didn't know what they were doing. The the Asians were a heck of a lot better at building the carburetor. I will tell you. Yeah. So so you say that passages are what get gunked up. Yeah. Those little things. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, being an '85, I mean, there's diaphragms in there that have been in there for that long. You know, you're talking close to 40 years. Yeah. And, and is there anything else he could like do to take care of it? So that what could he put in so it doesn't get gummed up? Maybe some of that. Um, well, uh, well driving, treatment stuff. Yeah, driving on daily basis. You know, you run premium gas. Run premium gas. Don't ever gas. run ethanol in a carburetor. It'll eat right. the body and destroy it. Yeah, it just eats oh, up the gas. Oh, premium gas. That, yeah. That's a good thing to yeah. tell him. Yeah. Has he been running oh. ethanol gas in it? Oh, you know, I'll ask him. Probably I don't know. That he, will he destroy gets... a carburetor. He's probably putting the cheapest oh. thing in, and then most people do, but... That's Ooh. that will kind of eat up the gaskets and some of the other things. The, the the aluminum. Yep, aluminum. Yeah. Oh, that's a good tip. Oh, he'll he'll appreciate that. And then, so I, I guess he's just going to keep driving. See, when you say the engine runs rich, that confuses me. Does that mean too much? Too much mean? fuel. Too much fuel. Too much fuel. He says he's using more gas than he should. Yep, yep. And that's it. That's why it's blowing black smoke. If it's popping and backfiring, it's too lean. If it's blowing black smoke, it's too rich. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, he's going to be good. Uh, You know, I think it's kind of your confirmation for us. Yeah. So he's he's really having a hard time spending that six fifty. But I'm going. You know, I don't think you want to keep driving that car. And it is cheaper than a new truck. Yeah, it's it's, yep. it's it's 650 bucks of frustration you won't have. Yeah. Right. Because I agree. <laughs> Keep us updated, Denise, when what's going Thank on. You. We're, we're going to be oh, interested. Thank you. You bet. Thanks Bye-bye. so much. Appreciate the call. Bye-bye. We're going to head over to Don. Don's got an 82 Toyota diesel. Don. I have- well, I, I told your, the guy that uh, answered, it was John. I thought I kept oh. saying Don. Well, you're Don. John. You're Don today. <laughs> it's okay. Uh Hey, um, I drive, like I said, an 82 diesel. It's, I 
Uh, I think it's broke in now. Uh, they see <laughs> marks are off the cylinder. I got three hundred and some thousand on it now. Yeah, and um, it runs good. I'm out here on my farm, sitting in my excavator. Took a break for a second, and the um, uh, only thing that happened, and I have to tell people that you you told me a couple times about these aftermarket guys, and you told me I can't remember what it was from my '85 Ford. I changed the part, put in the uh, a, a better brand, and that thing took off. You were 100% right. I was going to call you back. And on this 80, uh, this is the last time I'll never go back to this rock auto bench. But anyway, I put in a, uh, re, uh, a rebuilt uh, alternator in it. Mm-hmm. And, gosh, I took a picture. I don't think that there's no way I messed up the wiring. I do all my own repairs, but I can't say I could be that dumb. But anyway, it. Ever since I've done it, the filter light, the T-belt light, and the brake light stay on all the time. And I can't see. Is there something internal in that batter, in that alternator, that could have been touching or wired wrong? I just can't understand where to start tearing into it. Well, wired wrong internal when they overhauled the alternator, possibly. I mean, it, it still could be charging and working right. Um, what first thing that kind of comes to mind is is uh, overcharging. Yeah, or is the diode stator bad? Are you getting AC voltage in a DC system? Yeah, and you're back feeding, and you're back feeding through other circuits causing lights to come on. That's kind of the first couple things I'm thinking. It's been in there for two years like this. Well, yeah. Hey. Uh, you know, you can go back and check your... Uh, There's going to be fusible links off the back of that. If one of them arced, you know, could have... Okay. Yeah, you know, if you a fusible link. Did you try unplugging the connector to the alternator? Did that kind of make alleviate that problem, make it go away, or did kind of stay the same? Well, I had because the only reason I didn't is because it was just like you snapped your fingers as soon as I took it out. Right. Put the new alternator, all the lights came on, so I figured that if I took something off, I could I could make it come on. Right. But uh, well, there's one. One thermal, uh, when I looked down in there yesterday, it says e, it's got a letter E stamped in it, and then the B, and I'm and I'm hooked yeah. to the one. It's pretty simple. Battery, I think. You're right. It's it's and, fairly simple, but uh, I guess sure. what we always do when we you didn't have this problem before, right? No, no. So just as soon as I put it in, it happened. We got to go back to what we did. Yeah, you got to take a step backwards and say, "What did I do? I put an alternator in." So you either you go check the. The wiring, make sure that the, you don't have the old alternator, I'm sure, do you? No, I, okay. I, uh, well, I might, I might. You I might. have a farm building. Yeah, well, you're, you're a farmer, you didn't throw nothing away. It's somewhere. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. So go back and find the old alternator. Make sure that everything matches to where it is. Um, it could be that, you know, you, you thought it went here, but it went there, and that's what caused that problem. And if you, everything looks good and everything looks would, great, I would step back and say you got an alternator problem, or just something like you said, ground it out a little bit, check mm-hmm. all the fuses. Um, that'd be about it. Yeah, I, I just wondered if there's really something that can be touching or wired internally. That's yeah, why I yep, started out. Yep. With it. it could be. It could when they wired it. Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time that we've hung an alternator on a car that had a bad alternator. We knew that it did. We hung a new one on, and then all of a sudden we've got more problems than we came in with. Been so there. we just. Yeah. Take, we just take the normal step back and say, what do we do? We did an alternator. We get a different one or different brand. Problem over. And well, Yeah, and the other thing bad is if, you, if you've tried to prove anything out with the with these uh, guys, 
uh, online, then you got to pay the freight back, even though you can prove it's not your fault. So I'd, it's not a good thing. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I have dealt with with Rock Auto with trying to warranty parts, and it's like pulling your teeth. Um, yeah, it, is. It, it it's a long process with nobody to talk to, and I got it done, but I was persistent. But oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's too long on mine. So yeah, it's too long on yours. Yeah. <laughs> so well, okay. Try, try that. Keep us updated. I'm interested to see what fixed it. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot. I never miss your show. My wife knows that the world stops when Mr. McCann is Well good. Yeah. Good. Right That's in the middle of plowing. Right in the middle of planning. I appreciate that. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. All right, five five eight eleven tens, the numbers to get in. We're gonna be back in a minute. Okay, we are the back of the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to head right back into the calls. We have sparked something in the 80s. That's what we've got today. So head over to Dustin. Dustin's got a 78 Ford High Boy. Dustin, what's going on? Hey, guys. Great show. Love your show. Um, I grew up, when I learned how to drive when I was 13, I started on a, you know, on a High Boy that my dad had. And as you know, those trucks are commonly used for mud and just tore up. Um I found one. took me about nine years, but it's got 72,000 original miles on it. Hmm. I picked it up, picked it up for five grand out of, at a farm auction in Kearney, and I'm slowly going through it. It's got the old Widowmakers on it. I found a shop that's got a cage to take them off. Okay. But my question is this. I've, it's got a 350M in it, which is Ford's weakest stinking motor. 351, sorry. Yeah. And it, it's just not a good motor. So... And it's got an oil bath on it. But my question is, is because of the low mileage, am I doing a disservice to that pickup by taking and putting a 400 in it? No. I mean, essentially, your 351 is the 400 block. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just, I mean. The, I'm sorry, 460. Oh, 460, I, I 460. yeah. I, so, I, I mean, it. no, I mean, there's. Your truck, you can put whatever you want. Yeah, I no, mean, not. I mean, uh, yeah. unless you're keeping a n- numbers matching for no, some reason, and I would and imagine why. No, I'd, if you got a four sixty that would that goes, it certainly would put in there. I, I would yeah. do it. Yeah, you're four, probably not even gonna have to change motor mounts. Really, I mean, bell housing might be a little bit different. You'll have to look into that. But I mean, yeah, I also got to rip out the the gears. It's got four elevens in it. Can't do over fifty five mile an hour. But, oh yeah. Um. I just I always thought in the back of my brain because it's got such low miles on it. If somebody's looking for all original, am I doing it a disservice? No, yeah. there. I mean, the amount of people that would care about that are so narrow. Nah, nah. They, if you're out there hunting for a truck like this, you want it to either perform or be able to work, and that truck's gonna be able to do both. Yeah, you're kind of in two camps. The two camps are put it back originally as it was, so it's 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 an old survivor or do with it what you want to do with it and make it your own. And that's what most people do. They really do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Kyle that one of the biggest things is just make sure Ford wasn't back in that era. Not everything bolted up to the back of, yeah. the, of the engine. Not everything. They, they made several different engines that would bowl up to different transmissions, and not everything was as easy as Chevrolet had it, where they got one block and everything will bolt up to the back of it. So just, yeah. you know, if you get another donor that has a 460 with a transmission, that'd probably be the better way to go. Mm-hmm. Something yep. with a C6. I appreciate it, guys. You bet. Thank you so much. Yeah, those are cool trucks. 
Appreciate the call. Okay, we're going to head over to Rosa. Rosa's got an 02 Chevy Cavalier. Rosa, go. What's going on today? Yes, I have a, my, my little car. <laughs> it, uh, it always starts, and it, uh, one, one day it just made a big, loud noise, and then I heard, like, noise under the, like, near the muffler underneath. Mm-hmm. And now it's just been running great. Really? And it just did it once, and, and it was loud. Everybody came out to see what it was. Sound like <laughs> I a was sh- wondering what you think it might be. Sound like a shotgun blast or something? Yeah, sort of, yeah. No, no, no. Um, just a big, loud noise. Like uh, mm, like I, I thought it was like the motor. Mm-hmm. Was it running bad? Like be- that, but- was it running bad before, or you say that noise happened and it run better? Yeah, it's really, it's always ran great. It's always cranked. Mm-hmm. I've had it for three years, and it cranks good through the winter and everything. But that uh, that day it did that, and I've just been wondering what it might have been. Well, and everybody charges just to take a look at it. Yeah, yeah. It it sounds like it had a muffler problem. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe something. Uh-huh. Maybe does it sound loud now, or does it sound nice and quiet? It's still quiet. Huh. It's got a hundred nine nine. I wouldn't worry miles. about it. Yeah. If it starts making uh-huh. it on a more regular basis, then bring it in and we'll take a look. Yeah, at it. sometimes it, the noises are cars can make funny things, funny noises, especially when it's cold. But it's if you're not uh-huh. having any performance problems and you don't see anything hanging or dragging or big loud noises, I I uh-huh. agree with Kyle. I wouldn't worry about it till the next time it does, and then take it somewhere and have him take a look. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well. Thank you. You, you bet. bet. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to head over to uh, Scott. Scott's got an 84 Toyota pickup. Scott, what's going on today? Well, for the last two years, I've had squirrels get in under my hood and eat the wires on my truck. Uh. And uh, I'm wondering, you know, we tried putting ivory soap under there, and I uh, just sprayed it with peppermint oil, and I'm Wondering if you guys have any suggestions other than waxing all the squirrels around here. <laughs> go to the pet shop and get a big snake and let it go in your yard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, coil him up underneath the the, uh, the engine. You know, I don't know about squirrels. I don't. Mice, I mean, we've been down that road a lot. The squirrels, they got a mind of their own. Yeah, they do. I don't know if they, you know, we have some stuff that we buy from Tractor Supply, the little potpourri bags kind of thing yeah, for, for mice, mice but i don't know that they make a special tape for mice too that the mice don't like huh um, yeah it looks like black electrical tape but it's got pictures of mice on it. it's kind of cool <laughs> i use it for just about everything but uh yeah um, I, I don't know if squirrels don't care about that or not that's uh i know they like to eat i know they don't care much because I've, I've seen them eat um brake lines and oh, brake yeah. hoses not brake lines but brake hoses and stuff and Boy, you'd think any animal that would get a little bit of brake fluid in their mouth would never like ever do that again because brake fluid is not good, horrible. But I mean, they're they they've chewed through the ground straps coming off the motors and <laughs> wow. and everything. And and actually, there is one more question just off the igniter between um, between a ground strap and the igniter is a cap that's bolted to the fender. And I have looked to try and find this thing, and I don't know what it does. And it runs fine without it, but. Hmm. 
Well, uh, boy, I, I don't know what to tell you other than maybe... Uh, uh, that's something we'd probably have to see. Um, I, my working knowledge of the underhood of an 84 Toyota is pretty narrow yeah, these pretty, days. Yeah, pretty, pretty thin. I'd say park that in the garage and park whatever else you have in there outside. See if they like that. <laughs> We got to well, have thanks, a guys. sacrificial lamb. Yeah, I wish I could help more with that, Scott. I, I just, All right, thank you. You bet. Enjoy your show. Yep, I appreciate it. We might have to look into. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to have to look into the squirrel deal. Maybe we can I answer that question next week. But squirrel repellent? I don't know. They usually that's kind of few and far between. It happens a little bit, and then it kind of doesn't happen that often. Yeah, and I mean maybe it does. I mean because by the time that we get a car in with chewed up wires, I mean the Most culprit's gone. Well, mostly it's mice. I mean, we yeah, we find a nest somewhere in both, there. Both of us has encountered uh, was a raccoon, and then we had a possum one Possums, time that yeah. neither one of them was happy when we opened the hood. And uh -huh. uh, we'll tell you that story at a different time. All right, five five eight eleven ten. We'll be right back. We are back on the Mister Mechanic Show. Kyle and I just uh, we learned about a new product here. Yeah. So, so, so we Googled the uh, the squirrel deal, and uh, the Canadian Wildlife Federation suggests using bitter apple spray. Uh, veterinarian clinics will have something like that or something. I don't know. You can find that on the Internet somewhere. But never heard of bitter apple spray. But you could spray that all over the car, and that's supposed to deter squirrels. Like something you use to season a dessert pan or something. Yeah, but probably wouldn't taste very good. Whatever it is, it, once you get it in an animal's mouth, I'm sure they're not going to want to taste it again. All right, we're going to over to John. John's got an 88 GMC pickup. John, what's going on? Hey, guys. Enjoying your show. Um, the last caller, I'm standing here looking at my electronics coal repellent thing that I use in my yard. Uh -huh. Works pretty good because there's like 20 squirrels in the yard next to me, and I don't have any squirrels. I wanted to ask you about the lady with the carburetor. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Wouldn't you first, I used to work at a station, and we used a popular thing with a 44. Would that not ungum that carburetor a little bit or work on that? Not the air passages. Yeah, not the air passages. And the air, yeah, you're you're right with, the, with the fuel passages yep. probably. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing was the gentleman with the alternator from the Rock Auto. Uh-huh. You guys are kind of beating up on rock pretty bad, which I can understand depending on people's personal experiences. But I've used them exclusively since COVID yeah. and before and, and not had a single issue. If I had, um, like maybe getting it, I got an alternator that wasn't working quite right. Within a couple of days, that issue was resolved and i got a new one sent to me and i understand shipping but yeah. then if you go to any one of the stores around us the shipping's already added into the price making yeah. like an oil filter at the rock 350 and in lincoln nebraska where i live that same filter is ten dollars and 99 cents mm -hmm. all right we've used I, yeah and we oh, used, no, i'm sure you have I'm yeah sure we have, have. we have used rock auto in the past where i can't find parts the problem that oh, we sure. we run into is is most people want their car back in a day. So uh, oh no, oh yeah, no, yeah, and it just doesn't work out. But for parts we can't find, and I find one of the and if Rock Auto is good as as long as you don't head for the cheapest part they have. I mean they oh, exactly they right. you got to watch the warranties and kind yep. of the prices. 
and you can come up upon a good good part with a good warranty that that works, and still not pay out of the your shorts for it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know you guys because you buy so many parts, you get breaks on the prices because you have to warranty there at times. Correct. Because not every part's made equal. Yeah, and we have a warranty on things so that, uh, you know, if, yep. if it goes yep. bad, that's part of the price of, of what we charge is that if it goes bad in a year or two, then sure. we warranty that out at no cost, and that's just part of doing business. So, yeah, they're they're not the bad. They're not. Alder, the age of the vehicle probably, there could be a little more going on than that alternator. Right, right. Something could have chewed on it too. I'd be checking that battery real quick. So, yeah. thank you, guys. You bet. We're appreciate blessed it. to have you. Have a great Easter. You too. Appreciate the call. We're going to head over to Larry. Larry's got an 89 F350. Larry, what's going on today? Larry? You there, Larry? Larry, I think we got you. Nope, Larry's gone. All right. Well, that happens. Well, Larry, call back if you want. So, all right. Holy moly. We're, we're to another That's hour. It. We're That's done. it. We're, geez. Where'd that hour go? I got more, I got more stuff to talk about. We I need guess. 15 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, turn that music off. We're going to talk some more. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll just talk about all this stuff next week. All right. 558 to 1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Call early so we can get to the end. We got them all today. We didn't do anybody off the air. Great job. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. network so powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away connecting to remote operating room giving a whole new meaning to the term house call operation complete the cox network with gig speeds everywhere it's internet built for tomorrow today cox bringing us closer in cox serviceable areas speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms apply other restrictions may apply